You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, from the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Mad Men After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Mad Men After Show. Mad Men, Mad Men, Mad Men, Mad Men, Mad Men, Mad Men. Yes, Bing is for doing, and we are doing the Mad Men after show, after Buzz after show. I'm Joe Braswell. I'm joined, as always, with my main man, Joe Sanflobo. How are you guys doing tonight? And in the booth, I have my other main man, Stephen Lemieux. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Uh, we are missing. It's just you and I, Joe. It's just the two of us. Just the two of us. Making airplanes in the sky. What did you say? Uh, I don't know, man. That's how I was talking about. Don't make stuff up. I just make up the lyrics. <laughs> you can't I do that. Uh, just the two of us today. We have uh, uh, the lovely Catherine, Catherine Tulich is on assignment, and Matt Lieberman is making people laugh until they spew out their cocktails at iOS. God willing. And so, uh, he's, so he's doing some, some, some very good improv comedy, I'm sure, right this very second, as we are not. As we are. <laughs> what we are doing is we are doing, <laughs> we're doing Mad Men, the Favors episode. Favors. This Favors. is deep, man. This, oh, man. what This is very deep. Very, very, very deep. Uh, you know, directed by my girl, Jennifer Gertzinger. I love again. it when she directs. You know when she, yeah, you know when, you know when uh, shit's going to go down. When, uh, when Gertzinger's here. It's true. You, you see her name come up, you're like, all right, everything's going to change. Here yeah. we go. Uh, she's a Getzinger. I, mean, I keep saying Gertzinger, but I think it's Getzinger. I think you're right. But uh, but she's a Jennifer, and she's a wonderful director. Um, so, yeah, it's so a <laughs> lot, lot. We have a lot of little surprises here, a lot of reveals. You know, nice, you know, it's goes chugging along like your normal Mad Men episode, and then, you know, drop a reveal, drop a reveal, then they drop a bombshell on us, a little bit of a bombshell, um, which we'll get to in a second, but... Uh, yeah, a lot going on. So we have, um, so it's just, it's just the two of us. So we'll just kind of run through, um, semi-linearly what happens here and we'll just kind of talk about them and, and go through things that, you know, piece by piece. We had the whole fact that Mitchell Rosen is 1A and we'll talk about what that is. Mm. We got the whole Pete Manolo mom. Situation. And, and, and don't forget Bob. Don't forget Mr. Benson. Well, we'll, do, we'll get to Benson. Benson watches, uh, kind of back on, but in a different way. Um, Manolo, how cool is that guy? We'll, we'll I, that's, a, a second. that's a great part. Anyway, <laughs> he's like a Saturday Night Live. He's like an SNL sketch. <laughs> he's like a walking SNL sketch. I ain't here for you. Anything I can do for you? I'm Manolo. I'm Manolo. <laughs> so Manolo, who, who we love, <clears throat> we have a uh, Sally in the city. Sally and her little friend, you know, wreaking havoc in, mm. in, in Manhattan. Uh, we have a whole little Peggy. Some Peggy things happening here. She's still uh, really uh, got eyes for that Ted Chaw. We have a little Ted Chaw storyline. We get some backstory on Ted Chaw and his what's going on with him and his wife and his life and uh, you know a couple of knowing looks at the table to, to Peggy maybe and his his competitive nature with Don got a lot of that and then there is a lot with Don himself a lot of Don Don so, didn't Don is uh, Don's falling apart a little bit all of a lot of his comfortableness. He, he can't sit there and he, he's in a pile of shit right now. He's definitely in a pile. He's in a pile of something. Just, you know, you know, we talk about this a lot, but you know, just in the the first few years, rooting for Don and how cool is he? And it's this guy, and he's got the cigarette, and he's got the ladies. He's, he's Don Draper, and it's all sort of like uh, falling apart in these last two seasons. Well, I think for me, like you can you, you can say Betty was not, you know, maybe it wasn't a good marriage, this and that, and the other thing. But Megan, you can't find fault with Megan if you look for a week. Like no. she loves him like crazy, does everything she you know, and so his whole affair has been, I think, is is uh, is, is is been fairly off putting, and then, and then the whole idea now all of a sudden that that, that Sally knows about it. I mean, right? Well, 
catch yeah. your dad in the midst. Well, we'll get to that. I, I don't want to. I mean, yeah. You know, well, I don't know. You know, we should. I feel like we should go somewhat in a linear fashion. Let's do it. Let's go I wanna, linear. I don't want to bury the lead there, but that you know, and we just watched this episode, mind you, um, about you know five. We were about 35 minutes ago that we finished this episode, maybe less, 26 minutes ago. I would say about 20 minutes ago. All right, 20 minutes ago, and it is 826 here on the West Coast. So many of you have not seen this yet, but it is, uh, you will, and it's great. Uh, so let's go, let's get started. So Mitchell is 1A. Mitchell's 1A. Now, for those of you who don't know what 1A means, 1A is available immediately for military service. Yes. That means you are you are good to go instantly. Right. And 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 that that means it's too late to enroll in college. It's too late to find a way out that way. You're one A, which means you are you're there, you can get called any minute and right. poof. Which is a great way to sort of set up the times. We talk a lot about you know the the the, the historical events reflecting the characters. You know, the the historical events, the characters in Mad Men being reflected through the historical events of of 1968. Absolutely. So and this is not necessarily a historical event so much as it is sort of the a sign of the times. I mean, people are getting drafted. You know the median the median the median age median age is nineteen for kids serving in in Vietnam at that at that time and man I mean he here he is an eighteen year old hippie kid is about to go off and uh, serve serve our country you know it, it's interesting now to, to view it through the prism of of how we do things now it, it, it's so so different uh, you know because right now we have we have we you know the military the decision was made many years ago that we were going to have a professional military quote unquote and so. At this point now, there is no draft. We no. fill out our draft cards when we're 18 years old, but there is no danger of us actually being drafted. No. And and right now we have a, a quote-unquote all-volunteer army where some of these guys have done four and five tours sure. in Iraq and Afghanistan. And that has that has worked uh, for everybody else and that we haven't had these these uproars and these fights over who goes and who stays. But it, it hasn't worked for those families. But I think it's interesting to compare what we're dealing with right now with what was going on in 1968 because everyone was expected to share the burden and there were no there was no such thing as four and five tours in Vietnam that didn't no. happen unless you wanted it to happen yeah you weren't getting assigned that and so it's 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 very interesting to me to see the difference in what we in in, in the way we've approached this and we've just in, instead of changing our policy we've just eliminated the uh eliminated the what you call the uh eliminated the draft which was the problem well, apparently the thing back then is they did a very great job of sort of articulating and, and, and visually representing what was actually happening at that time in this episode, because you have a situation where you have a very, very unpopular war. You know, it's what's well, war that's divided by by uh, the, the young and the old people, right? There's a generational war. The young generation is against, older generation is sort of not for, but they understand that they've been to war, they've been to World War II, and they've been through Korea, and so this is just what you do. Whereas the young generation is like, we don't do this, well, and this is wrong. I think there's two things going on with that that, that I think uh, get skipped over historically. One, America did not want to go into World War II. They wanted no part of it, and it was only after Pearl Harbor that that the American that, that that we got into that war. There was a huge percentage of people that didn't want any part of it. If if uh, a lot of people think that if uh, that if uh, what's his name that, that oh gosh darn it Spirit of St Louis who flew over the uh, flew the Atlantic um, Lindbergh Lindbergh if Lindbergh had run on the Republican ticket then there's then he might have won he might have beaten Roosevelt and we never would have gotten in the war. So I mean there's a lot of people that, that this country got moved into World War II in, in under a very different uh, set of circumstances. Vietnam felt very much like a war of choice and it was a war of choice. Fair enough. Professor, but <laughs> thank you for that history lesson. That was, that was beautiful. But no, I, I I do agree. But but the point is, the point that I'm making is that the, the 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 sentiment of the young people at the time are we are way against it. And the oh, people yeah. who 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 even though we were against it, the nation was maybe somewhat against it. One, they were thrilled to go. Once they, I mean, that thrilled to go. They wanted to serve the country, and it meant something to serve your country in that way, as opposed to. The way uh, the, the youth felt in the sixties. But again, that that's that that's that that's my point though is that once you have an incident like like uh, like like uh, like Pearl Harbor, then you have everybody signing up to fight. Sure, I mean, we, and in Vietnam we didn't ha- we didn't we, have that incident. There was no incident Fair because enough. there was no danger to us. Well, hold that thought. I want to want to get want to get back to that because uh, speaking of um, of nothing, speaking of no danger. Apropos to us, of nothing. <laughs> But uh, but we're buddies, Joe. Speaking of buddies, we're, like, we're 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 definitely buddies. We're buddies for a long time, fifteen years. And well, you know, what do you have in the morning? What do you have for breakfast? I have cereal. You have cereal for breakfast? I do. Oh, buddy, cereal buddies. Wait a minute. So if you've been listening here for a long time here on Af- an After Buzz, you know very well that we 
uh, here have well not we we but we as a family here uh, have have produced a movie more more like Maria and Kevin have produced a movie called Serial Buddies, which is hilarious. Uh, we've been talking about it for a long, long time here. It is available on iTunes. It's available on demand on SerialBuddies.com. You can stream it, and it is very, very funny. And if you check it out, if you haven't already checked it out, um, you, when you check it out, you're helping us here at AfterBuzz. Uh, I've seen it. Joe seen it. It's really, really funny. Uh, it has, you know, Maria's in it, uh, Chris McDonald, Kathy Lee Griff- Gifford, Artie Lang, the voice of the Fonz, Henry Winkler, uh, Beth Bears from Two Broke Girls, and, and many, many more, including people here, like John Comerford, my, my, my Justified co-host, who I'd love to keep shouting out, as well as, I love John, um, uh, as well as a bunch of other folks here at AfterBuzz who contribute. So please check us out, support us, support the film. Um, on SerialBuddies.com, and also, you can also check it out on iTunes. So back to your history lesson, Joe. You're telling me about World War II. We're talking about Mad Men, but you're, We're you're, you're, Mad deep, Men, but you're deep in World War II. Well, what, what's interesting to me, I, I think, <laughs> no, it's huge, though, because it's, it, no, it really please, speaks to the, to the generational divide here between the, between kids in, that were getting drafted into Vietnam and, right. and people who were, who were joining up and then getting drafted into World War II. Right. Uh, I think we've done a, a lot of rose, rose-colored glasses in looking back at World War II like it was this whole... We were all in it together, and we all wanted this. That wasn't the case, and okay. and and we we we've kind of repainted the history because we want to create this the greatest generation, and 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 not not to take anything away from them. They were the greatest generation, but to to think that we were all of one mind, that right. we all wanted this war, that we were all one hundred percent behind it, is just not true. And okay. and and I think that that's worth that's a worthwhile distinction that that I think very rarely gets made. Fair enough, and 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 it relates to Mad Men in, in the way that you how. In, well, now we have a one A. You have, you have a kid who's one A. He doesn't want to go to Vietnam. His parents don't want him to go to Vietnam. Right. Arnold thinks he's soft. He says he said it to Don. You know, you know, if anybody's going to get killed, it's going to be him. He's soft. Well, and I'm, I'm just having fun with you. I'm, I'm just messing with you. But yeah, let's get into that because let's talk about there's that. a lot of lot of conversations here. One thing that you know Jennifer uh, Getzinger is great at, among other things, are these wonderful sort of intimate two handers. These, these great conversations, um, and there's a lot of them today. And we had the one that I really loved, aside from the dinner, the dinner was great and that the moment between Peggy and and Pete which we'll get to later but um the the that the conversation with Don and 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 uh, Dr. Rosen was amazing she had a conversation with two guys who were slightly of the same generation but slightly different talking about where where we were and how how it was for them where it is now um Don talked about the war being wrong it was a real honest conversation about what was going on at that time as it pertains to his son having to serve as they did. You know, I, I think it's really interesting. And I don't know about you, but as I get older, I find I do this more and more. And I'm, I'm really surprised that I do it. And, and I, when I was younger, I didn't get it. Do you find yourself having really intimate conversations with people that you are, are kinda, you're, you're kind of friendly with, but you're not that friendly with? Yes. Like, I wouldn't say that Don and Dr. Rosen go back. You know, it's not like they're it's not like they've been friends for 20 years, but there's an intimacy to their conversation. It happened to me at the Supreme Court. I know. I hope they make us. (laughs) Did Destiny listen to you? She she listened. (laughs) Yes. It was a very intimate conversation. Uh, we, we don't know each other that well. No, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, but I think that's something that, that, that happens. And I, 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 there's, there's a, uh, Dr. Rosen has, has a tendency with Don for whatever reason to, to really get uh, vulnerable with him. Yeah. And it makes me so uncomfortable for obvious reasons, but um, but he just he opens up to Don. He just well, we talked about this, this is something uh, Lieberman brought up that we think that you know uh, Don respects he respects this guy. This guy saves lives from the, from the get go. He's like, what's it like? What's it like to you're you know you save lives? He really really not only he he likes him as a guy and he respects him. He respects the profession, and uh, I mean he, I think he uh, ironically loves this guy as a friend and loves his wife too, but. So I, you know, this is this is these conversations are genuine. I don't think that Don is playing, you know, Doctor Rosen at all. I think he's genuinely has a genuine affection for this guy. Yeah, and, and respect. For that I think so. I think you're right. And 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 it makes it makes those conversations so so bizarre, but so. Uh, and, and it's interesting to me to see how Doctor Rosen responds to Don. Like he obviously is impressed with Don, mm-hmm. and, and and I think Don makes more money than he does, and that that obviously impacts Rosen's opinion about him. Sure. Um, it, 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 it's it's an interesting dynamic to me, but you're right. Don doesn't have very many friends, and Ted calls him out on that. You know, obviously, you don't have very many friends. <laughs> this must be important. <laughs> this must have been, you know, and it's true. You can't possibly have any friends when you think about it. It's true. Yeah. You remember back when he was with Betty, and you'd have those the 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 the, the what you call it the block parties, and everybody yeah. comes over the barbecues, and Don wants nothing to do with any of these people. Yeah, 
It doesn't relate. It relates to very few people that don't that don't have boobs. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. But that's that's why we love him, I suppose. But yeah, so that, a great conversation, and that that conversation again with the war, sort of when we first see, you know, the the reaction, the very interesting reaction to. Um, now I'll ask you about this. When when we first walk in and we see um, Mitchell in the living room, you know, talking to Megan, and Don's like, like "What's what's what's this? You know, what's that, what's this about?" And when she should have said very sympathetically, like. Should we take him to Canada? I got to make that call. I don't want to tell anyone. And Don's pissed about it. Is Don why is Don pissed? Is he pissed because it strikes a nerve for him? I mean, it felt very uh, hypocritical of a guy who's a war deserter to crap on poor Mitchell who doesn't want to go to war. But was he pissed about the fact that this is uh, Cynthia's? I mean, S- Sylvia's kid and Sylvia and Rosen's kid is a little too close to our home, or is he really genuinely upset about the fact that this kid is, is about thinking about deserting? I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think it's probably a little bit all of it. Um, I, he's, he's still pissed at How Sylvia. How do you explain his reaction? Uh, it's not our problem, right? It, it, right. It's straight up, it's not our problem. Was, what, what, didn't that shock it, you? I mean, well, that, that was... it, it felt very much like it felt very much like a jilted lover who'd been pushed out the door. Mm-hmm. And don't don't bother me about these people because I've been told I can't I can't have sex with this woman anymore. Right. So, but it's more about the Rosens. I don't want to like, get the Rosens crap out of here. You know, because, that's that's how I felt about it. Because Don, he's, he was obviously you know genuinely sympathetic to it. He said it. He said it to Doctor Rosen at the table, like you know the war is wrong, and you know blah blah blah. And this is wrong. And he ultimately and ultimately ended up helping the kid. But in that moment, he's like, "It's not our problem. Get this kid out of here." And I think it was more about I don't want the Rosens anything to do with the Rosens in my living room. No, that's the thing, and I I know that sounds small, but I think that's probably more likely than I mean, if there who would have been the person that would come in that Don would have been willing to help in that moment, right? You know what I mean? Very true. You know who who was he close enough to that that he would have been? Oh, well, let me let me do something for you. He doesn't really have very many people in his life like that. And there's also there's a bit of like you know when Don comes home, it's it is is as much as he you know whatever he it's, the home his house is very much a sanctuary. It's almost like whether he's out betting some brunette or he's out doing what he's doing at work, when he comes home, it's almost like everything else shuts out. And anything that from the outside world that comes in his in his domain, he gets very territorial and protective about it. I sort of felt that. Every time he walks in the door and people are there who he doesn't expect, the look that John Hamm has is always the look of like, what the F are you doing here? Well, and it keeps happening. Yeah. It just keeps happening. I love how kind of looks in the, he looks in the den and it's like, who are you? Living room, I love it. It just it, over and over again. You come, poor guy comes home, and and, and uh, I know that feeling too. I come yeah. back to my house. My wife is is very. She's very. A lot of friends like that. Sure. I'll come in. I'll be like, what, what the hell? <laughs> What's going, I, who are you people? Why, <laughs> and how long are you going to be here? Next four hours? Yes. Shit. So I'm I'm stuck in my room. I'm just <laughs> no no. I'm being antisocial. Oh, I got you. Okay, because I don't want to hang out with you people. Yeah. So then we so then we see the last the last one uh, a bit we see is the uh, the 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 client meeting the lunch. The back slappy, you know, uh, you know, bunch of old white guys cackling away, like just is that how it works, Joe? <laughs> so it happens. Yeah, boy, if, if I ever get to be in one, I'm going to let you know. All right, let me know how that works out. Right? They, yeah, they, they were. That was that was a really ba- a back slappy uh, meeting there. But so that we had the big client meeting with with the whole agency and the two clients, and it looks like that Don was trying to do his submarine job that he learned in uh, in California, which is to bring up current events in politics to the old guys, and it almost worked. Well, and apparently Sunkiss, they weren't, uh, no, I'm sorry, it was Carnation that he, that, he, that he burned that bridge with. Never mind. Right. Um, uh, it, it, it was interesting to me that I think that's that's just, that, that speaks volumes to Don and his, A, lack of friends, like Ted calls him out on having. You don't have anybody in your life that you would be willing to do this for. Mm-hmm. And B, he just doesn't know how to do that kind of stuff. Right. I, you know, and, and I don't know how you learn that. I don't know how you learn. Uh, wait but, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don knew what he was doing, though. But uh, you really think so? Oh, I thought yeah. He was, I, th- I think. He, oh, no, come You on. think he was tanking it? No, come on. He's he not going to tank doing. Chevy. He, he knew what he was doing. You think so? I, I, think, I think it was like a, I think it was a big F you to Chaw. It felt in the moment, again, we just watched it, <laughs> but it felt in the moment that this was sort of an F you to Chaw, and Chaw was like, what are you doing? I mean, I don't know. Did you I mean? Did you read it like he was genuinely? I read it like, like talking he, about current events and trying to process all this th- uh, these things that have happened. I read it like exactly like he said he was feeling him out. I really did. I read it like 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 here's a guy who who you know wants to see, just just put his toe in the water there and see what these guys' reaction to that was going to be. And I don't think he expected. What in though? What, what, well, you know, it, it's GM. GM is, is is the biggest military contractor at the time. Mm. So so general. These guys know people. 
Okay. So legitimately, they know people. And so when right. he said people are, are, you know, people are getting out of it, you know, he, he, I think that was to see what these guys were going to say. Well, you know, they said, well, it makes me sick. It makes me sick. <laughs> Hippies. And yeah, it was, he wanted, they wanted no part of that garbage. Yeah. So, um, so that was, that shut that down. But Ted, Ted's reaction to that was so funny that the client shouldn't ever feel any negative emotions around you, period. Right. And I thought that was really interesting. Like, and, and it was like, you know better. Right. The client should never feel anything negative, not even for a second. Well, let's uh, let's let's get into little Cha. Let's, let's segue in the, in, the, in the Ted Cha and his situation because he's. Um, I mean, I don't know if I, I, don't know if I, if I want to see a show around Ted Cha, like 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 we do in Pet. I don't want to Mad Men, you know the uh, the Ted Cha spinoff. But uh, he's an interesting guy. Like he's an interesting guy into his own right. He's not as sexy as Draper or anything else. But I, I do like this notion of this guy who is driven, completely driven by new business and the thrill of. Being you know being a creative and it's like we talk a lot about you no know, uh, Don and Ted being two sides of the same coin or whatever you want to call them mirror opposites but you know there's there's, there's a bunch of different types of creatives but it it's good to see it's interesting Don who is who's very who's obviously a genius we've seen him at work we've seen seen we've seen him do his thing and uh, he's very very talented but the way Ted approaches it who's also very talented is, is, is very different but they're both obsessive in their own way but Ted has this sort of like pathological need to have the new business like he's very thrilled by you know what we're doing and then the new project and what's happening and and, the, and almost the chase is so thrilling to him so more more important than obviously his wife and his family and and uh, you know, getting back to where we were, whereas uh, Don just seems to be like more more relaxed. And we got this. We're, we're creative. L- let me ask you a question. Do you think Don knows how deeply Ted feels this competition goes? No. Well, no, I don't. Yeah, because I get the vibe that Ted is in a in a fight with Don that Don doesn't know about. Almost sure, and it's a, but it's a, it's a personality thing. Yeah. Well, I wonder though. I mean, like I like those memos. I don't think anybody was uh, like the memos that uh, that they were they were referencing that went back and forth about Sunkist that and and about uh, about pitching to Ocean Spray. I didn't get the vibe that 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 Don and uh, and, uh, and 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 the crew didn't didn't care about the memos. I get the vibe they didn't even look at them. Yeah. And so well, it's, it's it's what Cutler said. Color, it's, 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 a thing. it's a human nature right. thing. I Color told you, like the, the more the you more, send, yeah, the more you send, the less they're going to read. The less they'll read, you know. But I, that's my point, though, is I don't. I, I get the vibe that Ted feels like there's almost like a crosstown rivalry, and that that uh, that that Don doesn't necessarily see. But this is my point. They're 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 the same guy, but they're wired completely differently. Ted is the guy who's actively sending memos and trying to figure stuff out and running around and one and Don's the guy who's kind of lean back and he's, he's he cares just as much. But it's just his personality is a lot cooler. He's lighting a cigarette. He's having a drink. He's thinking about things. Cha is like sending memos and going nuts. And their results are both the same, but, you know, just two different, two but, different but, approaches. What I'm saying, though, is because it looks like – because when Ted comes in there right at the end there where he's talking about he's gonna he'll, he'll, he'll call the, the brigadier general. The deal is, though, that our war stops. Right. And, you, I, and what you're saying is Don's like, what war? That's what I think is Don's <laughs> like, I don't – all right. That was a look on his face like, okay. Right? Like – uh, you, you, we'll, we'll stop this as soon as you stop hitting me with a stick. Like, right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not hitting you with a stick. But <laughs> all right, if that's the cost, I'll not hit you with the stick. I'm right. not hitting you with. Right, right. Well, I, well, there's a bit of I think towards the beginning of the merger because um, they're, they're longtime rivals, right? So, but towards the beginning of the merger, there were those moments, and and Don had his his jabbing, poking the bear, poking this, this poking child with the stick a little bit. He had those moments where uh, he tweaked him a little bit, like where he, you know. Um, Got him drunk, and you right, know, and right, there, there's true. some power plays in the conference room that we saw there, and there's a bunch of sort of a D swinging in the in the conference room early <laughs> on, if you, if, if you will. So I think that there's a, but that's Don's way, you know, that's Don's way. But now Ted's way is like, you know, Don, you know, he's 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 a little more wound wound a little more tightly than Don Draper is. So so that the way that the way that Don found to just really crap on him all the time was just to ignore him and that 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 is that is that all you have to do with Ted is just ignore him and that that pisses him off enough that Maybe. Uh, that that's your win. I don't you know, I, I don't I don't know that there's a actual you know a competitive thing on Don's side an active competitive thing on Don's side like you said I think it's a one-sided situation but I do agree. Got gotcha. you. Yeah. So anyway, to Ted. So Ted, Ted's doing a thing. We we open with, with him at this at this wonderful dinner with Peggy and, um, <laughs> and 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 Pete. Didn't that look good? That was great. That dinner looked good. It looked good. It looked I want to be on that. 
and uh, again another another uh, you know, get singer like that set piece was just great and some great acting like a, a nice piece of acting um for, you know from Pete and Peggy and uh, you know I th- that moment between you know I'm, I'm getting off of Cha for a minute but that moment between Peggy and Pete was really really genuine and sweet where she goes when he drunkenly says you know me you know me yeah and he's like I do I she do, I do know you and it's really it was, I love that moment. It, 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 it's a sweet. That's what I'm saying about these 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 intimacies that people are having, and 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 uh, and like I said, they're not long time, lifelong friends, but there there's you know, it, it's interesting that, that to see people let their guard down. I really enjoy that, and that's something they did in this episode quite a bit. People let their guard down. They were very vulnerable. They were very uh, available. Right. Um. And 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 Pete with uh, yeah, Peggy definitely knows Pete. No, no well, yeah, last time question but about that. They, but they've been through a lot together. They sort of grown together. Obviously, they had that first sort of very. You know, nineteen sixties chauvinistic affair. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> in the beginning, uh, early sixties, and then they sort of grown into these two, you know, business people and, and work associates. And there's an affection there between them that you wouldn't expect, and I really like that. And this feeds into my whole growth of Pete. I really think that you know, Pete is the character that's changing the most for me from from season one to now. He's a guy along with Peggy, but he's a guy that's obviously the biggest sort of growth arc and the biggest sort of. Uh, um, swing from who he was from season one, episode one, to who he is right now. Right, especially the hairline. You know? Oh, poor guy! They got to shave him every morning. But, <laughs> but in that in that moment, there was also was great about that that little lunch. We have the exchange where Pete tells Peggy, "Like I know you're in the cha, basically." Yeah, he could he could smell it going both it's all, ways. It's all of your, you know. Yeah, and Peggy did flirt with him. She had that moment. And what did she say when she leaned over to to Cha and said uh, something like, "You know, uh, yeah, I don't remember what it was specifically." It was a flirty, a super flirty yeah. moment. In that, you know, in that moment. But uh, so, yeah, so it looked like so when so when Cha left and they had their moment and Cha came back, there was a sweet other little sweet little thing where Cha felt like, well, what am I missing? They're all laughing. Yeah, he felt he felt like the old man out. A little jealousy. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And then what how did Pete put it before that? He said, you know, I, I, I recognize that look. I've seen that look. And yeah, yeah, you definitely have. Yeah. Um, but there was there was there was nothing threatening about him. There was right. nothing sexual about him. It wasn't no. like he was coming on to Peggy. And in that moment, they were laughing. They were having a good time. I liked Pete. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, Pete's changing, man. You think Pete's flipping it over? He he he, he took that long drag of that funny cigarette last uh, I, last I, episode. Well, I'll tell you one step forward, but two steps back because with, with the whole thing with Bob Benson, we got to get to because well, we'll get to in a second. Well, yeah. I mean, come on. What, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what do you? I think he handled that pretty well. Well, I think he's firing Manoa, what, what, right? Is he supposed to, no, I'm talking with Bob Benson. He's supposed to make out with Benson? No, of course not. Okay. Of course <laughs> what not. He, what is he supposed to do? Like, I mean, you know, anyway. Well, I'm jumping ahead. But um, but let's talk about Manolo. Well, we never Mom. got finished with Ted. I want to I want to finish oh, with ahead. Ted yes, really please. quick. Um, I I think Ted's Ted's scene at home was our, our first kind of real glimpse into his family yes. and and get a, get a, get a shot of how his marriage works or doesn't work, and and you really got the sense. I mean, I know la- and earlier in the season we we had we had Ted not showing up at work at the old at the other agency because right. the wife was basically saying you need to spend more time you need to spend more time. Right. And now you see the wife and you meet the wife and and you understand that she has nothing going on. She's just waiting right. on him. And here I'm at home with my two sons passing out and they're watching TV. And, and, you know, Ted did his careful walk in, which, you know, that, that's such a, that's just such a telling, the way he did it, it was yeah. very well acted. Just that first walk in after he flew back home, that very careful walk, I'm, I'm going to be nice and calm and see, you know, and, and, and see if I can't, uh, I don't want to have give any indication that I had any fun today, that, that I enjoyed my day. I'm just going to be very smooth and easy. Yep. And and uh, you you really kind of get the vibe from his wife that she's uh, you know she's at the end of her, in her end of a rope kind of where where Betty was a couple seasons ago yeah like you need to make a commitment to this family or, or get the hell out because well, I got nothing going on well that's that's the tricky thing when you're married to the job and these guys are like hardcore creatives that are married to the job and then but she and she said too if you've got that young creative in the plane with you I know you I know you enjoy basically saying I know you enjoy having Peggy around oh yeah so she's so she's not unaware. Of uh, what goes on in the office, at least what he, you know, what, what seems to go on. Do you think Ted has stepped out before? Do you think that there's been an issue before? Because she seemed to be very like, you know, um, there's almost I, an accusation there about Peggy. I don't, I know. don't know. Ted Ted seems more like aware of himself than than Don. Right. I I I. I, I if he did, I don't I don't think uh, I would imagine that he probably came clean about it. And he strikes me as that kind of guy. I don't know, man. That's a good question. Do you think he stepped out? Maybe. 
He may have stepped down. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe. But his wife's point of view, where do you want to be? Obviously, he doesn't want to be there as much as he wants to be at work, and she wants him to be there. And so right. that pressure is on Ted. So we got introduced to that for the first time. Right. So, like I said, Ted, Ted's uh, not quite going to get his own show, but I, I like, I'm liking the way they're rounding Ted. And I like the way that they did the wife. You, you saw that she was worn out, she was tired, and mm. she was ignored. And, she, and, and all that was on her face. Yes. Very much so. So let's. So now, can we talk about my man Manolo? I think we should talk about Manolo. Manolo. Anything for you, Joe? For you, I do anything for you. I mean, where, where's uh, Fred Amundsen playing him on SNL? I mean, where, you know it's coming up this way. No, well, no, man. he's gone. What well, Amundsen's gone? But whoever, yeah, maybe they'll bring him back. Or something. <laughs> uh, I love Manolo. That's great. Great character. Great guy. Uh, so the big question is: Is Manolo? What do you think Manolo and the mom are doing it right? Like that's real. You want my opinion? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, good. Is that bad? I don't think so. Then again, it's not my mom, so that's really, not exactly fair. For me I mean, she seemed to be pretty happy. I haven't seen her that happy in, in uh, six seasons. Yeah. We have to talk about the moment on the couch where, of course, where, where, the, where the mom and Peggy, ah. we all said, and then they, what, what you said when they, when they first sat out, like, hello, uh, grandmother to my kid I never see. Right? <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's who she is. And then, of course, seconds later, she says... I know about the baby. And, and and the look on Peggy's face, like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Also a reminder to us, the audience, we're kind of like, oh, yeah, that's right. Now, you can forget about that if you want. Yeah, but you yeah. got to remember you gotta remember that, you know, she had that she had that kid. Don yeah. was there with her. I think Grandma's raising the baby, right? Uh, no, the baby's, I think they gave the baby up for adoption. I remember if Grandma's or, or somebody's, somebody in the family, I thought, was raising the baby. Was. And then I think... Later on, then we're gonna get super correct. No, please don't kill us on that. I'm sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, internet. Advance apologies in advance, internet. (laughs) Don't kill us. But that that scene was uh, that scene was uh, was very loaded. Right. Um, (laughs) Just just the way she was talking about Manolo banging it out. I mean, it was just. Look, and Manolo's, I love him. He's like, let me give you a little something extra. Manolo's like, no, 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 no. No, no, I'm taking plenty. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, really? No, off the books. (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> I am well compensated. I, I I really hope we see Manolo again, but I guess that we're we're not going to. No, I I think not. Which uh, it was funny when you so uh, this kind of like you know a, a soft segue to Benson. So Manolo was rec- recommended by Benson. We had a big giant reveal today that Bob Benson, his ambition is really. I mean, he still is ambitious. I mean, obviously he's still and he's still an ambitious guy, but his uh, affection for Pete is not just in a professional way. Um, and it looks like Bob, you know, well, well it's not, it looks like Bob's gay. Well, you know, I, it was interesting to me. Of all the guys in the office, Pete's not the guy I'd go for. Oh, really? Well, it, not, not, that, not with that hairline. Not with that hairline. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, you, 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 you've got all these other guys you could chase down, but he's chasing Pete. I love the way I talk about hairlines. Like, you know, right. <laughs> I haven't had a hairline. <laughs> I mean, the last hairline I had was like a, was a, was a high-top fade. Might have been like what? Hairlines. You had your, you had your football number shaped in the side. It might have been 1989. Yeah. All right, uh, go ahead. I, I, yeah, Bob Benson. He came out. He went out on the uh, on a limb tonight. He really did. Mm-hmm. He went out there and he, he he put that leg up on Pete. And you know, it, is it so hard to believe that someone would 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 great just, monologue? Yeah, really great monologue. Just just dedicate themselves to making you happy and and to taking care of you and to doing everything they could for you. And and wouldn't that be? And and just Pete's face, like he's like, we're talking about Manolo, right? <laughs> like, what are we talking about here? Wait just a damn minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I smoked a joint, but this is getting crazy. That's my knee, right? Yeah, no, that was that was, that was great. And, and God bless Bob Benson. Good for him for going for it. That's, Absolutely. He's listening to the records. You know, he's going after what he wants. Absolutely. And you know, everybody, we've all been kicking it around all year right. long. What, what's Bob Benson's deal? Is he yeah. a spy? Is he work for the government? Does he not? I knew when I saw those shorts. Is that when you knew? I knew the shorts. Actually, I'd wear the, I'd wear the hell out of those shorts. <laughs> I would. I'd wear the shorts tonight. I love those things. <laughs> those are the coolest things. I'm gonna hang out with you if you so want. I'm not, not going to make that a sexual orientation thing because I, I'm I, I I love those shorts. But props to Bob Benson and props to. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how this develops. I wonder, do you think Pete will out him? 
Are we gonna have another Sal situation? I, I God, I hope not. I think maybe that's that's part of what we're doing here is we've moved so far from where we were that that that, that at this point Bob doesn't have to get fired. Just you I know. don't know. Well, it's only 1968. It's not like it's it's. No. Oh yeah, well that's the question, right? How far along are we? No, we're not that far. Not, along. not that this, far along. This is a, you know yeah. This is not a you know the Castro in the in the 80s or anything like that. This is 1960. Yeah, you're right. It's 1968 Madison Avenue. You, yeah. it, you you still keep it under wraps, right? But that's an avenue, but not the not the village. So you never know. Yeah, you know, I, I really, I really hope. Uh, I wonder. So you think Benson will come out? Out? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. I don't think so. And okay, and that's interesting. And so since Benson recommended Manolo, I thought where they were going was. I thought Benson was with Manolo. I know that we both thought that we like. Can you go? Benson's gay. I'm like, of course he is. Manolo's his guy, and we were wrong. We were wrong. Pizza's guy. Who knew? There Pete, it was. you, you, you lucky guy, you. Well, I like I like what's what's great about this is like all the speculation and props to, to to Matthew Weiner and the gang, all the speculation about Bob Benson, all the hand wringing, all the math, all the Matt Lieberman banging his fists and screaming, Benson, watch, he's a weasel, and everyone's talking about what's he up to, what's his game, what's he, and he's just a guy, just an vicious guy who's who's who is happens to be gay, which is fantastic. I think it's great. I it's think a it's, happy it's, ending for Bob Benson in my So opinion. much better than than having him be a government spy. I think it's... Yeah. It, he's I, not Draper's son. No. no. He's, he's Draper's son. No, or there he's was a the other corporate one. spy. He, he's Don Draper. It's all in his mind. Right. And all like, oh, <laughs> no. No. So this is much more satisfying. And no, we did not see, see it coming. It's very satisfying when you have all... Of all the shows in the world, I mean, this this thing is like poured over and over and over and over again by all of us, all at all times, trying to figure things out. So right. it's always good when something comes out that no one had. And I got to check, I got to check the internet. I don't think anyone had that. No, a couple of people thought he might be gay. There was oh, a really? couple of spots. Yeah, okay. there were a couple. All there right. were a few. There were a few spots. Few uh, a few discussions I saw where, where where people thought he might be gay. Right. But um. But uh, but I think a lot more people thought he was some sort of a corporate spy or a government spy or some such thing. Well, no, we've, we've buried the lead. We've gone 30 minutes plus and not talked about, you know, the big bombshell. Of what, what, what happened? Was there something that happened this episode? Something happened. Someone, oh, I know what you're talking someone about. Someone saw something. Yeah, Ted Ted Shaw said ambition, brains, and beauty. This is the agency he always wanted. That's that's what you're talking that's about. Good night, folks. We'll see you next week. Uh, no, but, but before we get into that, I do I do want to say I do want to thank once again, as always, our folks for tuning in to us and downloading us on iTunes. We very very much appreciate you. All of your comments, we read we read them all. Um, your ratings are fantastic. Thank you very much. Whether they are a two or they are five, but of course, Joe, we we love, we love fives. fives. But and what we, we love the fives. We really appreciate you and all the folks who's stuck with us from the following to the Bates Motel to the Hannibals and all the way over here to the Mad Men and even some of those who are mm. listening to us for the first time on Mad Men. We appreciate all your support and not only us, but all the AfterBuzz shows. You know, we have 50 plus shows here so you can check us all out. Download us all. We love we love to hear from you as well. So so Don Draper. So we have, we have Sally in the city, right? Which is which is <laughs> never a good thing for Don. N- never a good thing for Don. He doesn't do well when the kids are there. Yeah, especially and, and you know, Sally's getting older, and you know she's. And I do I do love this whole notion of uh, Sally and her friend. You know, they're they're teenagers. I mean, they're they're, they're preteens, so they're they're teenagers, right? Well, they're, yeah, 13? I, they're thirteen. I think. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, they, they they see Mitchell, and, and he's hunky or whatever he is, and they they like him. He's older. That's what he is. Yeah, he's older. He's, well, he's got the cool hair, and too. he's got the cool hair. He looks like a he looks like a uh, musician. Are you a musician? Because you look like one. Yeah, lie to me. And he's kind of into it too. Well, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> but uh, so look, so I don't know where to start. You start with Sally. You start with Don, but. Well, I, I love the idea that that that, that Don's kid is, thinks that uh, that his mistress's son is cute. I think that there's so much going on twisted the, yeah. up going well, on. But this is so. This is kind of like to me. This is the culmination of what was always wrong about being too close to home. We we knew from episode one when Don is sleeping with his neighbor. What's the expression? You don't shit where you eat. What? That's the expression. You don't okay. shit where you eat. And right. and if if you're going to step out, don't do it in your building. What are you, nuts? Well, of course you know that. So we, we know this about Don, but Don's doing it anyway. We knew this from episode one that something bad was going to happen. We always thought, again, we thought, and a great job, great misdirect and kind of great writing by Matthew Weiner and the gang. We thought it was always going to be Dr. Rosen who was going to catch them or Megan who would catch them. Never in a billion Didn't occur, years. Yeah. Which is a hundred times <laughs> worse to me. It's Absolutely, a hundred times worse. So, and the way they, the way it was written, the way it played out. So, uh, uh, Sally's little friend writes a note to Mitchell 
slides down the door. Sally's mortified. She goes to find her dad with Mitchell's mom in a very compromising position. And there was no doubt whatsoever what they were doing. They were mid-coitus, man. That was, that was interrupt us in, in, in the extreme. Yes. And so uh, she, she takes off in a cab. And, I mean, I, talk about a piece of drama that had me at a level. I don't know what I was feeling in that moment. But it was very, very. I was not comfortable. You know, one of the <laughs> I was not comfortable for about fifteen minutes. One of the things that this show has has done over the last few years and 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 hasn't stopped is is it takes normal life and it dramatizes it in a way that makes it that 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 really reminds everybody like your your life is actually dramatic because everything that happens in this show could happen to anybody. Right. There's there's nobody has any superpowers. Nobody jumps off of buildings. Nobody's a commando. Nobody's a super spy. These are just people doing what they do, getting what they want, chasing what they want, and, and these are the things that happen. And, and, you know, anybody could get caught doing what they were caught doing. Right. These affairs happen every day all over the place. Sure. So, I mean, this is – I love what they do because I, I, I know if you look on the internet, everybody's got these crazy ideas that Megan's going to get killed or all this other crap. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll get to it. But I, I just think that the show does such a good job of, of dramatizing normal life. Like this sure. is what life is. And 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 that in particular, man, your daughter catches you with your mistress, who happens to be a mother of the boy she thinks is cute. And yeah, oh. well, so I mean, so just as as it pertains to the story, and as it pertains to what we what we've seen on Mad Men so so far, is that one of the things I've been harping on, and I love Don Draper as much as the next guy, but one of the things I've been harping on is how you know Draper's a little off the rails, and all of his cool, super cool Draper Sheen instead of falling off, and he's just kind of turned into like a dick. All of a sudden, it's like, well, he doesn't talk to his kids, he's cheating on his beautiful wife, he's having an affair with the neighbor next door, he's, you know, it's not so fun anymore for us as a viewer right, to, right, to, right, root right. For, to root for this guy just being handsome. Um, so this, this is a perfect example of it all sort of falling, crumbling in front of him in a way that we thought we saw at the Crash episode. Where I thought I thought that was a literal him hitting the floor. That was a literal crash for Don Draper, sort of saying, "Okay, that he, that's rock bottom for him." Now we can start to crawl his way back up. When I think what we saw today, and I'm sure I'm wrong, but I'm sure what we saw today really felt like rock bottom for Don Draper because so much going on. Not only was he, you know, the the whole notion that the beautiful scene where he came home. Um, not first of all the scene where he comes downstairs looking for Sally and not knowing what to do. Should he chase her? Should he sit there? He's disheveled. He's trying to button himself up. Like what does he do? He goes to the bar. Yeah, Don in the lobby, man. First time I think I've ever seen him completely not know. He has no idea where to go. Not, no, not a clue. He literally goes up and down in that lobby. Does not know where to yeah. go. It was a lot like last time I saw him like that was when he lost Megan at Howard Johnson. But yeah, <laughs> he was also very like, where do I go? Reminder, there's no cell phones, there's no, you know, where is she? But, yes, yeah, so where do I go? He goes to the bar. He's like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's gonna, how this is going to end up. He comes home, and it seems normal. He's like, oh, well, there's there's Sally, and there's Megan. She didn't tell Megan. She didn't tell the friend. And Betty Draper's not in my living room. And with, with Francis. Right. Well, there you go. So, okay, with Henry Francis, so maybe this is okay. And then... We have the, the, the complete meltdown moment where Dr. Rosen and Mitchell show up, and it's this thing of this is a microcosm of what is the quintessential problem with Don is he is A, pretending to be something that he's not, B, being loved and praised for it, you know, and, 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 and everyone seems to think he's this great effing guy. Thank you so much, Don. Megan's kissing him. You know, Mitchell's thanking him. Dr. Rosen's praising him. And the only thing Don can do is have his own shattered morality reflected back at him through the eyes of his daughter, who's looking at him like, you are not for real. I can't stand you. You're completely full of shit. That was just one of those brilliant Mad Men moments (laughs) in in a long, I mean, I don't know, in a long time for me. Like that moment of like, it's all happening right there. Don Draper is at the height of Don Draper being praised and lauded. But he, but he cannot even escape himself because his daughter's right there reflecting it at him. And then she takes off and says it out loud. I can't stand you. It's it. It's just it. it it's all of it. And you're 100 percent right. It's all of it. He's, he's he is absolutely in that his own mess. And the only person who knows it is the one person who can't stand yeah. him at that moment. And you and I both have teenage daughters. And so there we, is no forgiveness. Ugh, I mean, that, that, I mean, like, you know, not that. I, not, I mean, no, but I mean, any, any kind moment. of any kind of hypocrisy, any kind of 
any kind of, uh, you know, because you, when, you, when you're dealing with your teenage kids, you're telling them all the time, like, this is the way this has to be. So if you right. screw up, oh, it's deep, man. Yeah, it's deep. Yeah, it's deep. And, and especially, especially with girls. So there's something about, there's something else about your, I can't even imagine. There's something about your teenage daughter, the father-daughter relationship. I mean, if it was a son, if the sons were old enough, you're kind of like, eh, but it's your daughter. You know? no, it's all bad. <laughs> it's all bad. I mean, it's all, all of it's all bad. So that, 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 that hit home for me in a way that I'd never want to ever have happen. And I will never have myself in that situation. Neither will you. You know but, what uh, you mean. <laughs> <laughs> but but that, that was that. So, but what was more surprising is how, you know, Don went to go confront Sally. And I really was wondering if there'd be this. Now, we, we talk, we know Aaron and Sally, him and Sally don't have a great relationship. Right. And he barely has a relationship with Bobby. Who knows what's going on with um, with uh, the the um, youngest one? G- oh my gosh, named after the grandfather. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, Gene. Excuse me. Thank there you, you go. Uh, who knows what's going on with him and Gene? But um, but that moment between there, when he says, "I really have to talk to you," she's like, "No," and he he's like, I'm, basically says, "I'm your dad. Talk to me." And so she comes to the door, and he does what Don Draper does, which is you didn't see anything. Yeah. It's complicated. I was comforting. I was, I, was, I was merely comforting her. You didn't see what you thought you I saw. I was comforting Sylvia with my penis. Right. <laughs> Ignore the man behind right. the curtain. There's nothing to see you here. You saw nothing. Nothing to see here. No braziers flying around. These aren't <laughs> the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Exactly. Oh, bad, man. Will that work? Will the Obi-Wan mind, Jedi mind trick work? I think it might keep the shit in the horse for a couple of weeks, but uh, I don't think long term. Sally's mm-hmm. Sally's smart. She'll it, 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 she's clever. So yeah. eventually, he's either going to be blackmailed by her, or or uh, or he's going to have to come out and tell say something to Megan, or or she's going to threaten to say something to Megan. There, there's no way he gets out of jail free on this. There's no way. There, I just there's a lot of there's a lot. Again, maybe this is a, as a father of a teenager, but there's a lot of. Father of, of, of girls, there's a lot of uh, angst I felt over the years. With every time Sally is with Don, like those those moments in the office back a few seasons ago, um, whenever something sort of bad almost happens with with Sally and and and, and Don, there's a weird feeling of dread, like something's bad going to happen to Sally. And I don't know, if, I don't know if that's if I'm just projecting that or if that's something that's really palatable. But I felt it again. I'm like, what's going to happen to poor Sally? Where's she gonna go? Is she gonna run outside and get hit by a car? Is she gonna take some pills in the, in the bathroom? I'm like really worried about her. Do you feel? Do you feel that? I, I, I don't feel that way about Sally. I think that uh, the character though that they built is is I think she's gonna be she's the kind of kid who's gonna do some bad stuff though. She's definitely yeah. gonna do some bad stuff. And I but think is she gonna turn out okay. What do I you think, think? She, I think she'll be okay. But I think long term though, she's gonna end up choosing a man to yeah. be with who's who's just like her dad. I think that's kind of the danger that Sally, you know, that that Don is programming her to to. We'll see. Or maybe she's also got Henry Francis. Yeah, that's Up, true. Upstanding, upstanding guy, upstanding guy, lieutenant governor of things. Yeah, but but that she's got that crazy mom though. <laughs> At least she's hot again. <laughs> that's terrible. You I know. know that's an awful thing for me to say. So uh, let's get into. We have no Benson watch. We talked about Benson, but uh, let's. But we do have our guy, super fan Mike August, super fan Mike August, who, who every week, as we as we mention all the time. <clears throat> Mad Men is a dense, dense, dense show. Uh, people a lot smarter than us talk about this at ad nauseum you know, on both coasts through, throughout the country all day long. So we make a small attempt to, to chat about it uh, after we see the episode, but we just saw the episode. And we so go we, right into this. We go right into we this. Jump and right we jump right in. And we miss stuff. So we have uh, our super our, fan, Mike August, with his catches of the week. He's got some catches from last week's episode, A Tale of Two Cities, and they are what, Joe Sanfilippo? Uh, I'm going to read you verbatim what the man has said here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the riots seen on television from Chicago revolving around the 1968 Democratic National Convention was incited by a group called the Chicago Seven, led by Rennie Davis. Steven Spielberg is interested in making a film about the anti-war group along with writer Aaron Sorkin. Um, the series keeps mentioning their client, Mohawk Airlines. That airline had financial trouble around that time and ended up merging with Allegheny Airlines in 1972, and the company became known as U.S. Air in 1979. It was then called U.S. Airlines in the, ni- in, in the late 1990s. Uh, so we know, where, we know where, what Mohawk becomes. Right. Um, I still think Benson's going to be a weasel. No. Obviously not. I think when Cutler said, why are you always down here, go back upstairs... And uh, and it looks like Benson may be handling Chevy's problematic Vega, hence the symbol of bad karma. 
Okay, so the Vega had problems. I I, I agree with it that, did. but I think that we found out Benson's not necessarily Weasley. He's just uh, he's just yep. trying to make his way in the world. Um, he does want to handle something though. It's what's not, that? <laughs> oh no, it's not the Chevy Vega. What's <laughs> <laughs> that? Pete's code name. Uh oh. Anyway, go ahead. All right, Jaw is revealed to be a man. Uh, a man that loves new business and doesn't care where it comes from. In an episode that is all about introductions and relationships, perhaps that makes uh, child liability. Uh, okay. Don't know if I agree with that, but I understand it. Um, it was also interesting that Don said to Pete, we're in the same boat. Well, Mr. Sterling said to Don in the previous scene, you can't swim. Perhaps a hint that Don is headed for turmoil regarding the agency's merging and his name being dropped from the title. Right. Interesting, interesting. Well, he, we, he was definitely headed for turmoil, um, but it was of his of his wangs making. <laughs> yes, it was of his wangs making. <laughs> you know, it, it was interesting to me. Uh, so those are those are our our, uh, our catches of the week from Superfan, Superfan Mike, Mike August. August. Thank you very much, Mike. And I will add one more catch, which is not really a catch; it's more of an observation from uh, that that our, our our boss, Mr. Kevin Nagaro, former host of the show, uh, emailed us, and he, he it's an observation about. The Mets. There's a, there's a few Mets themes happening here. Um, you know, Dr. Rosen's a Mets fan. Yep. And uh, and you know, Lane had the uh, the Mets pennant in in his office, unfortunately. Um, Ooh. But we talked about the, how this year is 1968. Next year, the amazing Mets happen. Yeah. That's, that's the big year. So uh, you know, I don't know if we're if we're if we're meaning that. You know, I think Kevin's observation was. The Mets were always second fiddle to the Yankees, but that in 1969 the Mets take over, and maybe there's some parallel there between who knows? It could be a Dr. Rosen parallel. It could be a maybe it's a Ted Shaw is a second fiddle to Don Draper, and maybe he in 1969 he'll be the Yankees. Who knows? But I but I but I do like the idea of of, of that of that of noticing and remembering the, the amazing Mets happened in 1969. Excellent. That's that's all I got. All right. Uh, maybe a little bit of tiny, tiny, tiny bit of news and gossip. Well, well uh oh. What do you got, Joe? Go I had, I had one, one one last thing to toss in before we get to news and gossip yeah. really quick. Um, I, I do want to talk about, about about Sylvia and about Peggy really quick and about how the how the episodes seem to be leading into it. If you come do something for me, sex is going to is going to happen. You know, she when when she was on the phone with 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 uh, with, with Stan trying to get him to come take care of that rat situation, mm-hmm. which is no good. You ever catch a rat halfway? Yeah, we've we've talked about this. That's a that's, we've I've had it happen in my San Francisco apartment. You've had I, it I've happen. had it happen. It's the worst. You catch a rat in a mouse trap, you have a mess, and you have something dead. Uh, it's it's going to be dead. You got to help it help it, it on its way. It might be flipping. Yes. Yeah. Um, but but she's I'll make it worth your while. And of course Don Don hooks up uh, Mitchell with with the uh, with, with the Brigadier General at, at the uh, at Ted's buddy. And next thing you know, he and Sylvia are in bed together. So right. there's a little bit of tit for tat going on in this episode that I thought was worth pointing. No, no out. No pun intended. Whoa. Uh, but I will I, I do want to mention that uh, how much do we love Stan. Stan is awesome. I just love that's all. <laughs> I, I need more Stan. I love Stan. The beard and everything. But did Peggy was she serious? And I, I thought so. I thought she was serious too. And then did did she offer up a threesome? I know it's a swinging sixties, but she's like, you can bring her over. I know you're with a chick. Know. Was she like joking? Was she serious? I I, I don't know. I don't, oh, I don't, Peggy Olson. Uh, we haven't seen Peggy swing that way, but that doesn't mean it ain't happening. It's it's a swinging sixties. All right then. All right. All right. Anyway, news oh. and gossip. Well. What else last thing, yes. last thing. Uh, we I, I th- we talked about it last week. We talked about Megan, and we talked about these internet rumors flying around. Yeah, about Megan being dead, not being dead, and the Sharon Tate, uh, the Sharon Tate uh, comparisons. And this is what I was going to say in news and gossip. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's go to news and gossip. After Buzz <laughs> TV news. So we've been talking about this whole uh, Sharon Tate comparison. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the internet's been blowing up with all of this, uh, you know, comparisons to Sharon Tate and and Megan, and we we touched on it last week, and Catherine touched on it. You know, it, this, this this may be impending doom. All these clues. She wore the same T-shirt as as Sher- as uh, Sharon Tate wore. Uh, Sally was reading Rosemary, Rosemary's Baby, and um, there's a couple of this has been a lot been written, but there's been now a whole sort of backlash and a lot of articles coming out, sort of debunking some of these things, right, Joe? Uh, yeah, absolutely, and there were, a lot of it was talking about the costuming because this is all based on costuming. That that Megan was wearing a T-shirt that uh, that Sharon Tate wore in a photo shoot about a year before she was killed, and uh, maybe, uh, and and uh, and and that would be you know that, that 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 that's starting to draw the comparison, and and that the the writers, not the writers, I'm sorry, the costumer responded to a to a Twitter a, a Twitter uh, a, 
to a, to a tweet that um, that that was that was no accident, and that's where a lot of these rumors have started. But if you go back through it, as a lot of people online have, and we did too, th- this costume is is is. Uh, it's 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 something that the show's done since the beginning. They 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 based a lot of their their characters dressing on on famous people of the time, Grace Kelly and Betty. Yep. And 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 uh, and and and, and uh, it goes on from there all, well, to be, all, to all be, over the place. To be more to be just more specific, there's some quotes from some from you know from a couple of the fashion designers and the and the, the customers and the thing, and they're sort of saying that like you know. Uh, Megan hit, sort of hit the hit the mother load here because Peggy was Peggy was Peggy Betty was stuck in this sort of housewife Grace Kelly era and in 1968 the fashions are so much cooler and so much hipper and with someone like her they want to reach the, to the people of the time they want to like you know make her look as cool and hip as possible and and uh, that was an iconic T-shirt an iconic photo shoot and they they put her in it doesn't mean she's gonna die but you know. That's all I got on it. Um, one of the things I think is is really interesting and and uh, worth pointing, and, and at least my take anyway. I think it would be just plain old lazy writing. Everybody talks about Lane's suicide uh, being kind of like justification. Careful. That, that this is this is my opinion here. Okay. A lot of people talk about Lane's suicide as being kind of like the justification though. They'll they'll make big changes like this. Lane's suicide was carefully scripted out. It was carefully plotted. It, he was led to a place. That he couldn't get out of, and they did it over a series of episodes. And it, it, he, he was he was written into a corner. They gave him there, there was no other option really that Lane had at the end of it all. And and to have like a random act of violence like like what people are talking about, like with Helter Skelter and and, and Sharon Tate, I just it just seems like lazy writing, which I don't think is. Uh, that's my two cents. I don't okay, know. Yeah, we, we talked about that. There's no death for death's sake, and. Matthew Weiner talked. I said it last week. Matthew Weiner talked about on the, on the Sopranos or David Chase. One of them said they would always write themselves in a corner and they can always write themselves out by killing someone because it was the Sopranos. You can't really do that in Mad Men. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen again. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening. Uh, but also, we also want to talk about the fact that we do have a in two weeks. We have a live season finale at the John Lovitz Comedy Club with the lots and lots and lots of members, the the cast and writers of Mad Men will be joining us for a special uh, viewing uh, of of the season finale along with a special moderated Q&A done by us. Hopefully we'll do a good job. I know we will. And hosted by Maria. And it will be fantastic. And tickets are in, so you guys should... Hopefully, we'll see all of you guys there as well. If you are in in the L.A. area and you're you're a Madman fan, or if you're close enough for a hand grenade and a Madman fan... We are going to have an incredible list of of, of, of folks from the show and and some people that you really are going to want to listen to talk. Uh, and and again, this is this is for the finale of the John Lovitz Theater, and it's going to be wonderful. Yeah. So so, so tickets tickets are on sale now, and you can you can check those out on our website and on the John Lovitz website as well. Uh, but let's jump into predictions. And now you're after Buzz TV. I like the, I like the way you slipped that in. There. I don't even know. If, I, I was amazed Steve even heard the uh, heard the cue there. It was, it was beautifully done. <laughs> oh, and we got you got a double. Yes. Uh, what's your pre- whoa triple <laughs> uh, multiple? <laughs> I didn't know you could do multiple predictions, Steve. I'm... Oh, that's a loop. Uh, Joe, what do you got? Um, uh, like I said, I do not predict that that Megan will be dead. I think that would be uh, goofy writing from right. my point of view. And of course, if it happens, I'll probably be amazed and blown out by it. But I, I really doubt it. Um, uh, I think that uh, I think we're going to get one episode where Don gets away with this, so to speak. And then I think this is all going to come down and take a huge shit on his head. Um, I think that this this whole uh, this whole cheating thing with uh, with Sally uh, Sally catching him. I think this is going to be a real huge explosion. I think it's going to be um, it's going to cost him big. I think it's going to be a big mess for him. Well, I actually have the opposite feeling here. I feel like that this. Um it was a big mess, and I think it will impact him definitely. But I don't know. I feel like I don't know that that Sally's going to say anything, and I don't know what the fallout will be. But I don't think that Sally's going to say anything about this. I don't think that Megan's going to find out. I don't think that that Betty's going to find out. I think it's just going to be internalized by Don, like it was in that moment in the living room, and what that does to Don. You know, having to live with it again, having to have his own crappy morality reflect that through the eyes of his daughter on a, on a regular basis. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, when maybe he won't want to see her as much. Maybe I, mm. I but I don't know. But I, I really don't think there's gonna be a big moment where Sally says, "Dad, nah, nah, nah. I don't think that's gonna happen. You don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. 
I well, know. we're going to find out. Yeah, I think it's a little too telegraphed. I think, uh, you know, we'll see. All right. Uh, that's all I got. That's it? That's it? That's it. That's our show. That's our show for tonight. Joe Sam Flippo, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on the Twitters at Joe Flippo. That's J-O-E-F-L-I-P-O. And you can also find me here for Hannibal with Mr. Joe Braswell and uh, Nando Glasquez uh, and, and the lovely Julia Curley on uh, Thursday nights. And I'm Joe Braswell. You can find me on Twitter at Joe K. Braswell. Uh, and doing Hannibal with Joe. Excellent. And uh, on Grantland.com, i got some cool stuff coming up on the Compton Cricket Club. Look for that. And uh, ESPN's Grantland.com and uh, Extra. That's all I got. Have a good night, you guys. Thank you very much. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 